0: All right, folks, welcome back to Mike and Maurice's Mind Escape. We have episode number 144 today, uh, The Dharma Junkie with uh, Justin Otto. Um, And we're going to be discussing, you know, a few different topics today. Maurice has the night off, but we're going to talk about a little bit about spirituality, a little bit about psychedelics, maybe a little bit about addiction. And uh, we're going to go through all that. Uh, Check (coughs) us out at uh, mindescapepodcast.com uh and check out our patreon at patreon.com slash mind escape podcast for two dollars a month you'll get exclusive content i just uploaded a new laird scranton uh segment up there um and also check out justin's website the links down below i believe it's dharma and um without further ado what's going on justin how are you oh man
1: i'm good how are you doing
0: Good. Good. We just did this a second ago and for some reason it cut out. But yeah, we did. I, I think I had to get turn uh Premiere Pro or uh close down Premiere Pro.
1: Man, if there's one thing I've noticed about podcasting, there's always going to be some sort of technical difficulty. Uh yeah. at some point. It's
0: like, it's an art it, in a way because you do have to have everything kind of aligned and even then you're kinda of rolling with it, right? You're
1: Well even then you're at the not not only the whims of the equipment that could they could fail, but the the whims of of the guests that could cancel last minute, and then you're like, oh, right. I don't have anything else backed up, so <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do, and you kind of got to scramble to put something together, you know?
0: Yeah, the guest thing happens. Um It happened a <coughs> little bit more earlier on, but um yeah. you just kind of roll with it. I initially kind of took it if somebody, like, canceled or had to reschedule, it'd be like, oh, this is, you know, what, is, do they not want to be on or something like that, you know, a little uh, neurotic about it. But at the same time, I think you just learn like things come up, things have come up for us too. Sometimes I'm running a little
1: late than my right.
0: projected time. I mean, that, that stuff happens. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't, I don't ever really look at it from like a negative aspect or like, uh, you know, like, like any kind of a personal slight yeah. in any sense, it's more just an inconvenience, you know, it's like, Oh, well, you know, I had to schedule and Like I work full time too. Yeah. <clears throat> and you know, I've got a lot of other projects going on besides just the, uh, the, the podcast. Right. And, uh, So just, you know, time is, man, it's the only thing we can't get any more of. You know, I can make all the money in the world. I can do all the, get all the experiences in the world, but, you know, we don't get more time. So, like, scheduling is one of the things I'm super disciplined about. Um, I think that comes from having been an addict Mm. and not having any kind of structure for so long that now I kind of, I need the structure. You know what I mean? I don't know. It just kind of, when I get out of the flow of things, it kind of, kind of interrupts my vibration.
0: (laughs) sure
1: so to so speak no i mean
0: that totally makes sense um but even like i said even when you've got everything set up properly and ready to go things still oh, come up it's it's the it's murphy's uh, law man. it's the equipment elves so. yeah right um coming into that, that other dimension before we really jump in here i do also want to point out everybody go to indrasweb.org i-n-d-r-a-s uh web.org um and sign up you'll get an alert once the app goes live it's an app it's the one that we created dedicated to connecting open minds and having these kinds of discussions that we have on this podcast and similar podcasts um so so go again sign up you'll get an alert once it goes live and then you can create a a profile and an account and stuff like that so uh but um so justin when you got into podcasting um what was it you you were interested in, in doing having these conversations, or was it more about like the topics? And you had a voice, you felt like
1: you had you know you could offer. Or no, nah, man, I'm more than a voice. I just had questions. Hmm. That's why I, I like. Uh, that's why I always have a guest on my show. Uh, I like you know uh, just formal conversation. I feel like I can learn something from everyone that I meet. So doing a podcast gives me the opportunity to meet a wide cross section of people, and I really just enjoy talking to people, man. I didn't know if I was going to be good at it. I used to play music for a living for a while, uh, like maybe like five, six years. I played nice. uh, around the southeast doing a little uh, one-man blues band thing. That's cool. And uh, yeah, so I I knew that I didn't have any tr- trouble, you know, speaking in front of people or doing you know performing in any way. So I knew that wasn't really going to be an issue. It especially because I was doing it by myself anyway. Uh, so it was kind of a natural transition to podcasting I also used to write uh I used to write for the local paper here and a couple different magazines and stuff and so uh it's just kind of a combination of all all the things that I've ever really enjoyed in uh any kind of creative endeavors I feel like this is like the culmination of that you know because I I I do music on the intros and I kind of dabble with that and I get to you know do kind of funny stuff with the intros sometimes and uh Mm -hmm. you know I that's so that's kind of fun and you know then i just get to talk to people and that that's my favorite part is just talking to people really <laughs> yeah i i enjoy it too and
0: getting to interview some of the people that you consider you know uh some of your literary heroes or people that have written books or done research exactly. or stuff like that um shout out to martin ferretti from the alchemical mind he's we were talking about getting cut off there before with the technical difficulties. And he said, maybe you guys said the pyramids were built by aliens and Zahi was canceled your stream. (laughs) That wouldn't surprise me. That's actually exactly what happened. No, but, uh, uh, it it will be now. (laughs) We did have true story when we were doing our Patreon segment with Laird Scranton. He was talking about, uh, we were talking about like aliens and UFOs and stuff. And he was saying somebody. He was talking about somebody he, who was in the know that he was talking to, and literally all of a sudden, everything cut out. Which we had, did have technical difficulties earlier, but the whole thing was fine for the hour and a half that we did before that. And right. all, all of a sudden, this whole thing just shuts down. You know, it was, it was just kind of weird. It does make you think sometimes. I'm not necessarily going to go as far as to say it was something like that happening, but it does make you think sometimes.
1: Right. Right. No. Uh, I, there's a. Funny story. My uh, girlfriend said so she was uh, talking to a friend of hers the other day. She, they were on the phone, and uh, they started talking about simulation theory. And uh, as soon as like as soon as they got to a pretty deep part of the conversation, like the phone started like digitizing, and they couldn't hear each other, and things were just you know it got kind of haywire for That's a minute. Weird, yeah. Right, and it's like wait a minute.
0: Yeah, the timing's strange. It does it for sure <laughs> makes you think. Um, now, what you mentioned. Um, we were talking a little bit off air, but you know, you mentioned that you had your battles with addiction. Is that, oh yeah, is that something that you talk about openly a lot? Oh, for something? sure, yeah. But is that is it something that I, my question was going to be when you talk about like psychedelics and stuff like that? Because I mentioned we I have some friends. We've had a friend on the show, Matt, who we did an episode mm-hmm. about addiction with, where you can't ever do anything again. There's some people that just have that personality right. where even if they were to smoke pot once or take one sip of beer or eat mushrooms once, or it would set, set them over the deep end. But, um, it seems like there's another group of people out there who have had addiction issues as well that have great success stories
1: with it. So why don't you right. give
0: us a little bit of your background with that?
1: Well, uh, I wouldn't say that psychedelics, uh, cured my addiction. Uh, if anything cured my addiction, I cured my addiction and it was just by changing my thinking. Um, uh, <clears throat> I went to a holistic rehab. that was uh, based on the uh, what's called the three principles. It was a series of books written by Sidney Banks. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. No. But uh, pretty cool stuff. I'll send you some links to check out. Okay. But it's just uh, mind, thought, consciousness. You know, you're not your thoughts. You know, you're you're not your mind. You're 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 nothing but consciousness. So like, anyway, it, it's kind of hard to explain. I could sit here and go on about it that. Sounds kind of Eckhart Tolle. It it's kind of it is right. very Eckhart Tolle. Yeah, it's it's very along the same lines. Um, there's several other authors that uh, kind of you know go the same direction. Right. And it's really just it's perennial knowledge. It's nothing new. Right. It's you know almost what I mean? Buddhist it's, in nature too. It, right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, it's just it, you know just f- phrased another way. It's basically just Buddhism light you know what I mean there's yeah. not so much dharma talk and things of that nature <clears throat> but uh so like I said I went to this holistic rehab and that kind of really set me on a, I uh, kind of on a spiritual path and um uh, but I, I've, I've always kind of dabbled in psychedelics throughout my uh, throughout my life um and they do help with depression I can attest to that firsthand I've mm-hmm. suffered depression for as long as I can remember um yet again I think that it was a thinking issue. Like I just like, uh, basically like I, I didn't know that I could be happy. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like I just didn't, I did, didn't even seem like that was an option. Like it seemed like, you know, life was just, you know, like even like the Buddhists say, life is suffering, you know, and the cause of that suffering is attachment mm-hmm. and you break your attachment by, you know, following the eightfold path. So I started dabbling in Buddhism and, um, and that's really what got me, got me sober was that, mm. but, um, yeah, it was a, it was an interesting, uh, six years of weird hell, different types of hell. Sure. Yeah. It was,
0: it was how, what was the experience? Like, how did you get into <coughs> heroin specifically though? Was it just like, uh, um, was there a specific,
1: was it was, were you depressed at the time or was it? Uh, well, like I said, I mean, I've, you know, suffered depression off and on for my entire life. Okay. So, and I was, uh, I had just come out of a, uh, a relationship that I was in for three years. It was a, a marriage. Okay. Um, there was a, a stepdaughter involved. She was meant the world to me. Um, when we split up, like that, it was pretty devastating for me because mm. I, I can't have kids of my own. Okay. I had a, I had cancer when I was 13, okay. and I uh, went through a bunch of chemotherapy and stuff. So I, I'm sterile. I can't have kids. But blessing and a curse there. Sure. <laughs> if I, if I could, I'd probably have a lot of them. But not the point. The point <laughs> is, so when we split up, uh, I don't know. I guess it just, I, I went into this pretty dark depression and uh, met this girl and she kind of you know dabbled in pills and stuff and uh you know I was like hey you know I'd like to try that you know I've 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 always tried everything you know I, mm-hmm. I didn't want to I was one of those people who wanted to try everything that I could because I felt like if I didn't then I couldn't have an honest conversation about it mm-hmm. Have not having empirical data sure. you know what I mean yeah you know I you come across like an asshole if you're talking about something you have no experience in right <clears throat> so um started you know using pills here and there I mean not and not not eating pills but like shooting pills and then uh the pills uh they did the big pill mill crackdown in Florida which is where I'm at and uh what happened is uh heroin started showing up in about 2013 and I started using heroin and uh slippery slope ended up uh getting arrested in 2014 um this is pretty crazy Uh, I knew this guy, right, that was uh, apparently trafficking heroin from Texas to Florida. Had no idea at the time. Mm -hmm. I just knew he had it. I was a junkie, so I was buying it from him, right? Sure. Um, Undercover narcotics officers show up at my house one day. Mm -hmm. Like, they arrest me. I was charged with uh, conspiracy to traffic heroin over 25, uh, over 28 grams, but less than 30 kilograms. Mm -hmm. Which is a, uh, in, in Florida carries a, a minimum mandatory sentence of twenty five years. Sure. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. like, That's I got nothing time. to, right. like, I got nothing to do with this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm a, like, yeah, I know that guy. Yeah, I bought heroin from him, but I'm a, I'm a junkie. Like, I have nothing to do with any trafficking shit. hmm Anyway, so I ended up doing like a year in jail for that, <clears throat> and in the process, uh, I lost my house, lost pretty much everything I own. Got out. Um, uh, life was pretty dismal, so right back to heroin. Hmm. Rinse repeat, rinse, repeat, you know. it's 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 a it's a hard thing to get out of, man. Sure. Yeah. You know, once you're once you're in it, it's uh it's difficult to claw your way back out of. You
0: you mentioned something though that I think is a crossover into not just addiction, but other types of mental health issues. So obviously people that watch the show know I have O C D and I've dealt with that most of my adult life and Um, You said something that was actually kind of profound in the sense that it's like a bad thinking pattern because that's what OCD is is to me. It's not some sort of um, thing that people would imagine like your brain chemistry is just so out of whack. It's more like you got used to thinking a certain way and then that kind of cultivated its own, uh, burrowed its own way or path through your mind. And that's you kind of get stuck in this like loophole, if you will. Um, Now did you feel like that by doing so this loophole thing, do you think that that there is some sort of chemical element to it? Like, do you feel like you were some sort of some like maybe predisposed to becoming an addict
1: or like some people say uh, it's like, like I I was definitely predisposed to becoming an addict Uh, back to the, the cancer thing when I was a, When I was 13, like I said, I was diagnosed with cancer. Right. I was in the hospital for, well, seven, eight months getting treatment and uh, on a morphine drip with dimmerol injections like three or four times a day for seven, eight months. Right. Okay. So, you know, when you get slammed with that much morphine at 13, you know. Such a pivotal age in your life. I, you know, like I I didn't, you know, think anything of it at the time, but then like looking back, like... No wonder I got you know I was so addicted sure. you know what I mean like it was like I had already been addicted to it like unbeknownst to me right because at the time you know when you're when you're detoxing coming out of the hospital you feel like shit but you feel like shit anyway you just got done getting a bone marrow transplant for having cancer you know what I'm saying you're not exactly feeling great so like the the dope sickness doesn't even register because you're already just miserable right so and at 13 how would I know what opiate withdrawal felt like right that's crazy but yeah I think that was I think I was definitely predisposed
0: yeah. Yeah. That's, that is crazy. I, I, that's such a tough thing where obviously you, you know, you needed to come out of that. You needed those those treatments, but at the same time, it's like, that is such an influential part of, you know, uh, becoming a conscious adult from the age of like 13 to like 21 or 22. And then, you know, usually by 24, 25, they say you're, frontal cortex is fully developed and you know that's actually when people experience mental health issues too is like right before that kind of age you know the 18 to 24 to 25 somewhere around there so yeah man that's that's a tough one and obviously uh you've come out of it and you're you're stronger and uh, that's good so what was the psychedelic side of this though did you use them to help get off of it or was it something that you used occasionally or
1: um, I mean, I, I used, was into psychedelics well before I was into heroin. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've always been into psychedelics for the the uh, consciousness aspect of it, the uh, the reality shift aspect of it, uh-huh. the uh, the philosophical aspects of it. Sure. Uh, like I said, I, I like questions. I have questions. I like answers. You know yeah. what I mean? And uh, sometimes psychedelics were able to provide those for me. I, it's just uh, those transcendental, those uh, mystic experiences uh-huh. are just... I mean, th- what can you say about them?
0: Do you think that's what it is when these people that have addiction issues or mental health? Do you think it's just this look behind the veil, like oh, there, there's more to life. It's not just this shitty material
1: realm where yeah. nothing's fair. I also, yeah, I also think that uh, in like high doses, like in macro doses of uh, say psilocybin or DMT or even LSD in some cases, um, I think that they they can be so utterly terrifying. Yeah. that they make you grateful once they're over right they make you grateful to just be here and experience this plane of reality because that one can be so mm-hmm. stultifyingly horrifying you know what i mean it's just just off the charts terrifying at times
0: no for sure i mean it's you're right too i mean there's times where i've taken and you know, a large dose of psilocybin or something and be like, what did I do now? I'm in for it here. And then, yeah. uh, you, you know, you get nervous kind of going up, but then when you get up there, you're like, I, this is home in some ways, you know, you right. feel like there's yeah. some sort of almost like more real than real. I know a lot of people say that. I mean, a lot of people say more real than real in terms of psychedelics, near death experiences, out of body right. experiences, you know, different, which is a weird thing to think because that's all we have is this reality, right? That we can just, you know, experience at all times during the day. But to to experience this more real than real, we gotta kinda of get outside of ourselves.
1: Yeah. And psychedelics are a good way to do that. Meditation's another way. Yeah. Um but you know, psychedelics are a little quicker.
0: What's your go to with the psychedelic like what's your what do you respond best
1: to or what do you like the best? Uh I mean it depends on what my goals are. Um like early, like early on, like when I first started taking psychedelics, it was mostly LSD. Um, then I got more into psilocybin. I definitely, I, I would say psilocybin would be my, my go-to psychedelic. Mm. Um, I don't really use them anymore. I'm, seeing a meditation teacher at the, currently, and like, okay. well, one of his deals is like, no, psychedelics, no, you know, right. whatever. Like while while we're working together, like really just immerse yourself in the dharma, and
0: and What's do it. a distraction, it,
1: right? Know? I mean. Right.
0: While it might be it's it's a bypass. It's like a necessary tool sometimes, but then other times it can be a distraction and of course if you're right. like searching it out or you know, you're making that the focus, you know, the kind of right. point gets lost, right? I mean I don't really partake much anymore, maybe a couple times a year, you know, here and there, whatever, but right. uh it's not something I do regularly anymore. But when I was younger, yeah, it was a different story for
1: sure. Well, yeah, you know, and when I was younger it was more of a you know I, it was a recreational thing like i didn't know it could be anything other than that you know right i was young and i was you know i was a dumb kid like that's most the you, case when or, you're 16 when yeah. you're 16 and you're eating hits acid you know, you're not thinking about you know and mystical and you know right. like but when you're, you're, not you're trying to you're trying to think it's not about spirituality at that point you're it's about like doing something on Saturday night. Hey, let's drop some acid. Okay. (laughs) Right. You know, like sounds like a good idea, I guess. I would say though, when I was younger,
0: I did it not, it wasn't like peer pressure or like, Oh, this is cool. I honestly had this thought that there's gotta be like more to life and being raised kind of like religious, you know, Catholic. I went to Catholic schools till middle school. Um, and I'm not really a religious person, but I felt like that there is something more to life than just just this material realm. So, yeah, I mean, 13, 14, I start to get here. You know, you start thinking about aliens yeah. and different realms and weird things. And then oh, yeah. uh, you start to experiment. But you're right. I don't think that there's this, like, you don't have this reverence for these substances you know when you're that age that you would let's say now or in your late 20s or early 30s or when you have an exactly. awakening experience where you're like oh the, this is this could be medicine this could be you know something transcendent to help me get through some tough times you're look you were just looking at it as like what's cool to do on a saturday night or you know whatever the case may be exactly um What, when you get it, like you said, you you have a teacher and so is it like your guru
1: would you consider or just somebody that you kind of follow or? Um, Well, he's, um, he kind of acts as my counselor and just my, my meditation coach, you know, just my, kind of my, uh, life coach slash counselor slash meditation teacher. All right. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. And he's amazing. His, uh, his name is Mikey Noshel and he's, uh, based in uh, Nashville. It's a wild heart meditation center in uh, Nashville. Okay. Yeah. They're amazing. They've actually got this big Buddhist study series coming up pretty soon, which is gonna be pretty awesome i'm taking gonna take that and um uh, then uh further down the road, probably look into doing some sort of meditation teacher training myself okay so.
0: yeah meditation for me i I think there's obviously different types of meditation and there's different um, you know there's different ways to do it, number one, but then there's different versions of it that people get different things out of you know there's mindfulness there's um traditional there's very what i would call like visionary style uh right i mean what what are you into or like what have you done or is this obviously well
1: there's different meditations for different things you know um there's loving kindness meditation you uh-huh. know um towards yourself towards others towards the world at large towards the universe at large there's um you know mindfulness meditation which is you know just practicing being in the here and now as Ramdel said be here now uh-huh. You know, not worrying about the past because the past is gone. Not worrying about the future because the future never happens. I mean, quite literally, all we have is right now. Right. So just you know, being in the moment, being mindful, and wise speech, wise intention, wise communication. You know, just just being here, man. Just uh, thinking before you speak. It's a big thing, mm-hmm. and uh, it's one of those things I still have problems with. Like I said, I think I'm getting a little better at it, mm-hmm. but uh, all we can do is try.
0: Yeah, that's a I mean as a podcaster and I'm sure you feel like this too. I you know, when you, I don't go back and listen to our episodes unless I've listened to a couple of the ones of people that I love their books and their research and I want to look back to see if there was anything new that I had missed from right. uh maybe or something that I brought up that they answered that wasn't part of their stuff. But so I mean, you know, once in a while I listen, but for the most part when I edit um some things here and there, or we don't do it live and I have to edit it or something. I will listen. And there's things, you know, like ums and pauses and huhs And I used to say, you know, a lot, like, I mean, if you, some of the episodes, oh, are, man. it was, it was getting, <laughs> it was getting bad, but you do, when you yeah, listen man. to yourself, it was like almost cringeworthy. So, um, we, when you're talking about like thinking before you, you speak, that's most people don't. So that's not something, um, I don't think that that's something that people even think about obviously they just do it and to do podcasting um you also don't want to sound like an idiot so you have to do start to think about what you are saying before you say it and you're right I mean I, even I we're on episode 144 I feel like I haven't even scratched the surface I feel like now I'm just in a normal mode where I'm not saying repeating things as much so I mean it's it's tough it's a
1: really tough thing to do right yeah I I had that issue for a while, especially the exactly what you were saying The you know, I did that <laughs> and I noticed myself doing it and yeah. I was like, man, I got to break myself with that shit. Yeah. That's gotta, this is going to get old real fast, man. Right. People are going to hate that. If I, if I don't like it, they're certainly not going to like it. So I, <laughs> I've been working on that and, uh, you know, just knowing when to shut up man. like, you know, learn breaking, breaking away from crosstalk. That's a big thing. And I try to practice that in just everyday conversation. It's good practice for podcasting. I think, just giving people the room to speak because most people are just waiting. They aren't even listening. They're just waiting to give their answer. You know, that's my, what I've noticed for sure. Most most people have a preloaded answer before you're even done talking.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm probably, I've, I can think of times where I've definitely been guilty of that myself or if I'm trying to adjust something or do something, I think that's, it's almost like a mechanism to keep it going in a way, but there Mm. are probably people that do it mindlessly. Like you're saying, like, like habitually, like they're not even registering what's being said. They just are going to move on to the next thing. Um, so I do think that that can be the case sometimes too. And, um, yeah, that's definitely something to watch out for.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, I only notice it because I'm guilty of doing it just like anything else in the world. you know, anytime I feel, I don't want to use the word judgment because it's a little harsh. I'm not going to put, use the word judgment there. But anytime I anytime I get a, a less than stellar emotion, we'll say, about something it's, or someone, it's probably because I'm guilty of doing the same thing myself and I, I feel some sort of deep shame subconsciously for it, you know? So, like, that, I think that's why I notice when people do it, you know, the, the crosstalk thing or the, the ums and the you knows because I know I'm guilty of it. Right. I, man I'm, i still do it and,
0: everybody does i mean less there's there's people that and the other thing is is there's people that edit their stuff and i'm sure you know this too they'll edit all those ums and uhs and nos so it doesn't even sound like they're saying it but right but then you listen to them talk live or whatever so i think by just recording and leaving it kind of mostly as is or doing a live show it's right. it's your you're you're learning how to talk on the go so you don't really have
1: that luxury yeah you can't uh can't stammer as much you gotta really (laughs) be on your toes yeah which i'm guilty of a lot i'll 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 I'll, you know through some sentences if i if i'm stumbling through a thought i'm going to stumble through my speech you know what i mean if i haven't fully put the thought together the speech isn't gonna isn't gonna work either yeah but you know sometimes it does
0: yeah it's it's but i think that that's if the fact that you're doing that and i i know look i mean we all got to be a little hard on ourselves right but i think the fact that you even acknowledge those things means that you are honestly trying to learn and grow and there are a lot of people where i listen to their podcasts and they're doing the same shit from episode one to episode 200 and it hasn't really changed right. at all so i think that uh if you keep doing what you're doing man you'll keep grinding by the time you're to 100, 200 whatever you'll be you'll be styling
1: I'm hoping so, man um you know I never really expected a big response from it it just it was something I just wanted to do man it seemed like a, it would be just I had no you know I had extra time on my hands and I was like, you know because I, I had had this like I said I'd had the idea to do the podcast about a year ago mm-hmm. and uh just never came to fruition and I was like, you know, I've got some time and then the pandemic thing happened mm-hmm. and I was like, well I've definitely got time now so <laughs> so uh I just you know started working on it and one day at a time and just put it together and i'm on this you know i think i'm on episode 15 right now we're about to put out episode 15 so it's pretty you know it's been fun yeah i
0: tell everybody the same thing though you got to keep grinding man because that's it there's um there's like a million pod for real i think there is a million podcasts now if i'm Mm -hmm. not mistaken at the last numbers that i saw so um i thought we got into the game late three years ago and it just seems like it's even exploding at a higher right now, especially like you mentioned with the pandemic and everybody being at home, I feel like there's a lot more yeah. people that have free time or want to get creative, which I think could be a good thing if it's going to help you stay oh, for sure sane and not freak out with all this stuff going on. I think that's a good thing. So, um, but yeah, what do you see for, for yourself in terms of, um, cause like when we started our podcast, we kind of had a different idea. It was always going to be this, like, let's become, let's, let's, do all the knowledge and enlightenment stuff. And let's go down this path where we just learn and kind of figure out the mysteries of life and go through the mysteries of life, like, uh, and then figure stuff out as we go and let the, the audience kind of follow along. Um, and then it's, it's pretty much that, but it has kind of shifted where our focus was a little bit more, specific before now we we didn't come in thinking that we were going to talk about psychedelics we didn't come in thinking that we were going to talk about uh as much consciousness stuff as it it was more going to be about like ancient civilizations and esoteric knowledge and that kind of stuff and from there we realized oh these things encompass all these other categories so do you have like a plan of what you're trying to do or like a, a main theme
1: or is this just something that you just kind of go with the flow Man, I'll tell you, uh, when I first started it, uh, I was like, I'm going to do this podcast and it's going to be about addiction recovery. Like, that was my thing. Mm. That was what it was going to be about. And then uh, I did a couple episodes, like I think three episodes that were pretty pretty focused on just addiction recovery. And I was like, I can't just – I don't see this going just directly in this in this direction mm-hmm. and you know I've always been into a lot of like esoteric shit man mm-hmm. like uh, you know and a lot of psychedelics a lot of uh, occult stuff and I was like you know I'm going to start getting some more interesting people on here I, I'm going to have fun with this like if I'm doing it I'm going to do what I want to do and talk to the people I want sure. to talk to so like you know I reached out to like you know people like Dick Kahn and yeah. uh, he's, he's he was awesome I loved him uh, Greg Lake uh, you know he did that uh, book uh, Psychedelics and Mental Health uh, mm-hmm. uh, on psilocybin which is a really good book. I recommend that to everybody. Uh, that's, he's actually been out a series. I think the next one he's doing is on a DMT. So oh, that should nice. be pretty good. Um, but, you know, I man, I just want to talk about what I want to talk about. It's like the, basically I, when I came up with the idea, it was like, you know, I do want to talk about psychedelics. I do want to talk about addiction recovery. But I also want to talk about Satanism and, you know, <laughs> and, and a whole host of other things. You know, I want to talk about whatever I want to talk about, whatever I feel like, Sure. you know, Whatever guest I feel like, I, you know, like I've got a, I think I've got somebody, uh, one of my next guest is going to be, uh, talking about, um, uh, ritual magic. Mm-hmm. And then I've got a, I do have a Satanist coming on shortly after that and, uh, talk about that. And okay. And just, just, you know, random theology and philosophy. And, and, you know, like you were saying, these are all encompassing. You know, these are all, if you did a Venn diagram of these things, we're, this podcast is like right in the middle. <laughs>
0: sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, With the whole topic thing, too, like you mentioned, you know, why not just if you do what you're passionate about, it'll come through, I think. And I think that that's where some people get lost. They're like, let's just think of a theme or let's just think of a name and then we'll that'll be the podcast. We 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 aren't passionate about. True crimes, but we're gonna do one on that right. because it's popular or whatever the case may right. be. So I, I think that the passion comes through when it's something that you're passionate about. So if it's like a Absolutely. you know, what you just mentioned, the occult and the uh, um, the different takes on different things, I think that that's that's awesome, and I think that people will definitely respond to that for sure. Um, were you nervous about talking with people about? these kinds of like psychedelics and stuff like because I, I even though i've taken psychedelics a on ton of time ton of times excuse me uh mm-hmm. the first time we talked about them on the podcast with i think it was um it was r voot maybe a little bit or maybe it was dick con i forget but before that episode I got like nervous for some reason. I don't know what it was, it's like doing it live, talking about this topic. You know, I'm sure somebody I know that doesn't know that about me is going to hear it. So was that ever a thought to you or no,
1: man, I'm I'm a pretty open book. Um, I, I, I don't hesitate to tell people pretty much anything. Like I'll tell you, exa- you know, I'm not one of those people that masks my emotions. I'll tell you exactly how I'm feeling and I'll tell you pretty much anything about me. I'm, I have, and that's one of the things about, uh, like my spiritual path that I'm following is just 100% honesty. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast too, is to be accountable to myself. So if I'm going to talk about psychedelics, I'm going to do it openly and I'm going to do it freely because I think that the, uh, the dialogue needs to be opened about psychedelics to take the stigma away from them. For sure. With so many clinical trials going on, on MDMA psilocybin, you know, um, you know, and Strassman did his studies back, you know, what, 25 years ago. With with all these clinical trials going on, all these studies on psychedelics, look, man, you know you've seen the the David Nutt harm index scale, right? Like psilocybin's the safest thing you can do across the board, safer than tobacco, safer than marijuana. You know, alcohol alcohol is the worst thing you can put in your body. Yeah, let's be realistic. So you know if alcohol is available in every corner store and every grocery store and everywhere I go, right. And that's okay. And that's the worst thing you can do for yourself and society. And these mushrooms that grow in the field are illegal. And they're the safest thing that you can do. And one of the most beneficial substances you can take as far as quote unquote drugs are concerned. And when you come down, you don't want to do anything for a while you don't no matter do, what you, it
0: is <laughs> dude you're not going to get addicted to psilocybin right
1: nobody takes a big psilocybin dose and goes man i can't wait to do that again tomorrow yeah,
0: most people say i can't wait to not do that for a while but that was awesome
1: yeah i mean the, <laughs> the first time i the first time i had, had a big dmt breakthrough i was like uh oh, man i am good on that for a while <laughs> like i don't need <laughs> yeah, to do that Dick again for a, saying. for a hot minute i am good but yes i i i i I openly talk about it because I do want to take the stigma away from it, you know, yeah. and that's the big thing is like, look, man, it's 2020. It's you know, people are waking up all over the world and you know, it's time to start talking about this shit again. It's the, the laws have been unjust for too long and it's time to time to turn the tables over.
0: Well, it's also we have this ancient connection to it, right? I mean, a lot of these ancient traditions, you're talking about Buddhism and Hinduism and all these a lot of those cultures, you know, whether it's Soma or other sacraments and stuff and even they just recently found um evidence of uh cannabis use in uh Israel from like yeah. around roughly i forget what what the around the time of Jesus so supposedly so um yeah yeah i
1: mean these oh, substances have been used for thousands of years right thousands and thousands of years therapeutically spiritually you know and it's just this Western culture, man. It's <laughs> the they make you think, and mm-hmm. that's the problem. They make you think outside of the box. They make you go, "Hey, ma- wait a minute. Maybe this uh, this shit that we've got going on here is a little fucked up." Well, I think Maybe too, the time where they were wrong. being
0: assessed recently with like the 40s, and I'm I'm not making an excuse because I don't think there is an excuse, but like the 40s and the 50s after World right. War II, there was a lot of paranoia. There's a lot of paranoia from you know. Oh outside entities and different things like that. But then there's also a lot of paranoia of like, um, you know, it was very puritanical in some ways, you know?
1: So, um, it's, it still is, it, but it, it's a lot. Less. I mean, the the. Pr- oh, I mean, exponentially less. Right, but, right. But well, it's not, you know. But, but I mean, let's you, not say that it doesn't. So that, you look at that
0: that, that time, and it just seemed like that kind of was. It was the worst time that those things were being investigated, or the science was look investigating. You know, those psychoactive compounds. I think that was the worst time for that, given the nature of what was going on in the world at the time. So, um, I mean, if you even if you look at like a lot of the early Hunter S. Thompson stuff or the electric Kool-Aid acid test, like all that kind of the counterculture, right. what was going on at those times and Ken Kesey oh, and yeah. some of the first people to take these things and in, in these trials yeah. and stuff like that. So I think that it was just a, a weird time to get into that kind of stuff. But I think now it was a mistake looking back and even people you I'm sure do you ever watch Hamilton's pharmacopoeia with, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. So there's, he's big on not, not blaming the compound no matter what it is. know he thinks all drugs should be legal and it's it's up to the person who's using it to be responsible
1: i agree with that 100 percent. yeah but there's a lot of people
0: that don't there's a lot of people that think that uh what for whatever reason you take one of these substances and you you the drug does it to you or whatever the case may be when it's probably just mirroring some issues you already have within yourself
1: the people that make those statements have had no experience with those substances yeah i agree My that brass tacks i mean if if you you know have just a completely off base idea of what you know like lsd does all it makes you if you take seven hits it you're legally insane you know i think we all heard that growing up or something like that yeah people don't know what the fuck they're talking about no what was it
0: is if you took the rumor was is if you took uh
1: what was it
0: three hits you couldn't be couldn't work for the government or it was, it was something like that <laughs> yeah, since some, you're clinically insane, it was, silly, yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah you know so you hear stuff like that growing up and you're like oh okay and then then you actually get some experience with it and you're like that was full of shit man that was everything they said it was a complete fabrication right and and you know this it's illegal for a reason and it's not because it's harmful it's because it it makes you uh dissent
0: yeah, I don't know if it's. Do you think it's that? Because I, I question that sometimes. Sometimes I just think, like I said, it was the timing of it and the, like the mentality of where things were at then. And then it,
1: people are just ignorant. Well, so the they don't CIA like, was, but they the don't. why it was distributing LSD in the '60s.
0: Yeah, for like MK, MK Ultra, all that. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean,
1: not even just MK Ultra, but I mean, like they were fueling the uh, the acid. Like in like in the hate ashbury for a while until you know they started cooking it themselves. Well, I was gonna say, because Osley, who's it was a, part it was of a the big death. experiment to see if they you know, it was a big mind control experiment that went horribly wrong. It went the exact wrong the, the exact direction they didn't want it to go. It went completely opposite. It went right. the polar opposite of the way they wanted it to go. Right. Rather than being complacent and complying, they were like, Hey, wait a minute, this is all bullshit, man. Right. And that's what started the whole the hippie revolution, man.
0: Yeah, I think though, see, I, I get torn on this because I do think that there's a level of ignorance that it, there's just systems in place. So these systems push things through, and there's not really a con- Maybe there is some sort of consciousness in the system being directed by energy of some kind, but I do think that a lot of these things are just product of systems that are just either flawed, don't get revisited, don't get fixed, or for whatever reason they just get oh, yeah. swept under the rug, like the whole marijuana thing. Like, okay, some guys timber industry was threatened a long long time ago and we still have these stupid laws in place today and this thing's obviously you know helpful to a lot of people out there so you know it's just one of those things where i think it's just flawed ignorant systems
1: yeah between uh hearst and uh anslinger they really screwed us on that one right right yeah (laughs) but yeah i mean you know it's 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 Bottom line is, Nixon was an asshole. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> if we're being honest. I, I think anybody who's resistant to these ideas, it, it's one thing to say, um, I don't, I won't take those substances or I don't agree with them, but whatever. It's another thing to just admit that, okay, they help some people. So there's got to be some sort of
1: significance here, right? I mean, look. If it helps two out of ten people, then it shows some sort of benefit, right? right? It's just another option. It's just, I mean, there's a lot of options out there. You know, you can get all the, the uh, pharmaceutical antidepressant meds you want, but, it, you know, they might give you suicidal ideations and they might do a lot of other things, you know? Mm-hmm. All the um, antipsychotics, all the antidepressants, all the mood stabilizer drugs, those have serious effects on your psychology and they change you. And and not in good ways. I you know I mean I've seen well, them work for people. I think it depends people. though. It, 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 like I was like saying, said, I know I've, people I've, it helps for sure. Yeah, like I said, I have seen it help people, but I've also seen people deteriorate on it. I'm not sure if that's because they weren't on the right meds or the right balance of meds. But when you're when you're fucking with somebody's brain chemistry, I mean, you're you're fucking with somebody's brain chemistry, man. Like it can go horribly wrong. And uh, I think you know, like we were talking about, psychedelics have been used for so long. Right in so many capacities why why would they why would they have been used for so long if they weren't beneficial right you know (laughs) yeah i
0: I don't disagree with you i think that if you even look at like our cannabinoid receptors like obviously there's a reason why we have these receptors in our body there's a reason why we have serotonin in our body um so i'm not disagreeing with you i do i will push back a little bit on that i do think that while some people push back against big whatever and this and that, I think that there, there are a lot of people that, that these medicines help. I'm not one of them. I oh, have my no. own issues with them because I, I was resistant to a lot of the different medications that I tried, oh, but, no. but I had, I, I do know people that they do help. And I will say that not even not psychedelics is for everybody either, especially people that have um they're pre, you know, they have, you know, a lot of family members that have had schizophrenia yeah. or they're predisposed to that. Like, don't, Look into this, you know, talk to a doctor. Don't just start taking stuff. I mean, you have to be careful too, because especially when we do these podcasts, you have a responsibility, <coughs> just like, um, you know, you might have your opinion on things, but I think we do all have some sort of responsibility to the way we talk about these things too, where I look at psychedelics as another option i know some people are pushing it to the forefront and saying this is the solution i'm I'm open to that but let the science yeah but let science get there i'm just giving my opinion because i do think that, that it is a fine line to walk because i do think that there are a lot of conventional medicines and conventional therapies whether it's cbt therapy or you know drug therapy whatever it is there's a lot of stuff that you know a lot of programs out there that help people there's a lot of medicine that helps people but i do think that there is like we're talking about a population of people that are resistant against these conventional therapies and drugs. And I think that that's when it's nice to have another option on the table.
1: Right. Well, I mean, and that's basically what I was getting to is, you know, for sure there's a lot of medications, you know, actual pharmaceutical medications that that do benefit people and I'm not, you know, disqualifying them at all. If they work for you, they work for you. But, you know, as you were saying, it would be nice if we had the option. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's my driving point. And that's, Why I talk about psychedelics is because they need to be an option. Sure. You know, they, they're absolutely not harmful if you're, you know, if they're taken in a therapeutic setting, you know, with a certified professional Mm -hmm. guiding you through the experience, there's absolutely no harm involved. You know, the LD50 rate on psychedelics is so high. There's no chance of death. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, there's just too many benefits to, to turn a blind eye to. But I you know, I'm I'm in agreement with you. I'm not I'm not discounting pharmaceuticals. It would be nice to have some other options available though. That were not weren't stigmatized, you know, forty years ago. Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. I mean I'm not i like, I'm not again fifty I, years ago. I'm i I'm always gonna say what I feel about it and what I feel about it is they mm-hmm. can be helpful to people, especially people Absolutely. that are resistant to traditional therapies. But at the same time, um I think that there are people that just respond to these other things as well, whether it's placebo effect or whatever the case may be that's going on. I don't I don't know what the mechanism for everybody's, you know, uh issues or, or fixing the issue is, but I can tell you that it's it's just nice whether it's meditation, you know, psychedelic retreats or um right. Whatever the case may be, you want as many options on the table because there are people that are going through these, this, you know, mental illness is obviously an issue. We haven't gotten that figured out at all. Um, as you can see out in the world right now, I mean, there's a lot of people struggling. What do you, uh,
1: what do you think is the, uh, if you had to speculate on a root cause for the, the amount of mental illness in, in the West, what would you say it was? Would you say it's Western culture itself? No, I think it's evolutionary.
0: Really, I think we are at a point where we are at uh, um, a transitional point, and I think in our evolution, where you used to your fight or flight used to be channeled correctly, meaning there would be a bear behind you or there would be, right. um, you know, a hurricane coming that you have to flee from or whatever the case may be. There was right. real flight or flight, and right now we don't have that. We live in for the most part, nice right. and safe homes and um you know, I, I think that there is a way to figure out what's going on. And I think too much time and space to think is allowing us to like think about stupid things. Not necessarily stupid to people out there, but stupid in the sense that there are things that we shouldn't be thinking about. There's things that we shouldn't be worrying about. But we do it and we do it um you know, compulsively, and that's what leads to a lot of these issues, whether it's addiction or compulsive thinking or anxiety or O C D or whatever the case may be. I think it's right. all coming from the same place, which is we're not we have this part of of our body chemistry, the the fight or flight that isn't being um isn't being used properly anymore because there is really no you know, it's 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 some sort of transitional mode. I don't know again, I'm not an evolutionary biologist. I don't know exactly but that that's just my sense from like reading books like homo sapien and learning right. about a lot about like yeah. our
1: history and stuff like that <clears throat> no and you know that's a that's one of the big things about um uh, mindfulness and mindfulness meditations and things of that nature and just living a, a mindful life is at least in my understanding depression is caused by regret of the past right but the past you can't change. The past is gone. It doesn't exist any for any longer. So there's really no point in worrying about the past because there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. No matter what you did, it happened. No matter what they did, it happened. Right. It's, it's over. It's, it's, it's fine. It's over. You know, I don't care how horrible it was. Um, you know, whatever the experience was, it doesn't matter how terrible it was. It's done. You can continue to let it affect you. You can let it define you, or you can choose not to. I mean, it's, Really, it, it might sound crass, but it's, it's really that simple. Anxiety stems from worry about the future, things that you can't control. Mm-hmm. It's just fear of the unknown, which is natural. People fear what they don't understand. People fear the unknown. Mm-hmm. So, of course, there's a natural anxiety because people, especially with this whole thing going on right now, there's a lot of uncertainty. So anxiety is at, at an all-time high, I think. Oh, for sure. Because of the uncertainty of it. You know, it's like being in jail. You don't know when you're getting out. Mm. Yeah. You know, certain places are open up but uh other places aren't and you know I feel for those people. Yeah. Because uh man it's been going on for what 6 months now? Almost 5 yeah. months.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean but there's but, a history uh, of that happening on the earth too. I mean you go to ancient oh, yeah. times and people going in underground arcs, you know, uh yeah. the old story of uh Yima from Zoroastrianism and going underground and then you also have um you know, the great deluge stories and the Epic of Gilgamesh and all these different right. So there's 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 been adversity. Um we've been through a lot. Lake Toba super volcano explosion seventy five thousand years ago, only yeah. like ten thousand total people survived on the earth. Yeah. Um so I don't know. What do you think it is though? I mean, like I said, I think it has something to do with our evolution and we're in some sort of like weird bridge phase with technology and I don't know if that's where it's think, going think... or what, but I you know
1: I think it's uh I think a lot of it has to do with uh, yeah with technology. I think uh, we we get too much information. Hmm. I think we are just overloaded S- with, sensory with input. Overload, yeah. I think we're overloaded with input like when we lived in small communities and there wasn't internet and there wasn't you know uh worldwide news coverage. You know when technology wasn't so advanced and things weren't weren't quite so fast. We didn't get the just the glut of info that we get now, mm-hmm. you know, and I think it's just sensory overload, you know you when you watch the news, all you hear is hmm. all the bad shit you know yeah. you don't they'll leave save hear, the the good one for the end it's four, like you know four hundred thousand yeah. planes landed safely today, but you don't you only hear about the one that crashed, you know what I mean, like right. you gotta weigh your options here, like you know it just is what it is, man, like, and you can choose you know ultimately it's what you allow in your life what you, what you allow in your life is what you're gonna become so if you watch the news all the time it's you know it's just fear mongering let's Mm -hmm. be honest that's all the news is it's just fear-based ah just an onslaught of just be afraid be afraid (laughs) and so people are like we should be afraid (laughs) When just turn the fucking news off man right turn it off go read a book go outside yeah i uh i'm not a a big news person at all yeah yeah just the mindfulness thing man like Man, we don't know what's gonna happen. So just live your best right now. You know what I mean? Like, you want a good future, do your best right now. That's.
0: I was thinking. I was meditating the other day. I was thinking about that. I was like, what if everybody in the world just stopped caring about social media and and whatever's going on in the news and whatever, and just focused that day or that week or that month on just making their life the best that they can the happiest that they can i think that that would radiate out it would be like uh it would be like doing the wave at a sporting event i think it would just you know kind of be a little bit of uh yeah make its rounds around the earth i don't know
1: yeah. well you know like the whole thing you know people people are, are attached to things people you know just have all these attachments they attachment to the the people in their lives attachment to the things that they they own and um as the Buddhists say that's the cause of suffering is that attachment because then there's the the fear of loss. Mm. Once you have something you can lose it. Right. If you lose something, you know, that's you're gonna suffer. So, you know, you have to walk this fine line of like loving non-attachment, but it's it's hard to do. It's hard to it's hard to cultivate, it's hard to learn. But uh it can be done. I think man, it, yeah, I would it would be nice if everybody would just chill out. And just meditate for 30 minutes a day, you know, every morning and just be like, just turn the news off, turn the Facebook off, just put your phone on, don't, you know, do not disturb for, for a week. Right. That was a, actually before all this happened, I was uh, signed up for a uh, uh, 10 day vipassana uh, meditation retreat. Like a silent retreat for 10 days. Obviously, it's not happening now because of the pandemic and everything. But I was really looking forward to that, just to turn everything off for 10 days. Total silence. No speaking. 10 days. But uh, we'll see what happens in the future. But who knows?
0: Yeah. No, I know uh, we have a good friend who's been on the show before, Chris. Shout out to Chris. Um, He's all into the whole... uh, He's into Vedanta, but he loves this whole you know, path, a spiritual path. And I think that, um, when you look at kind of that lifestyle, there is something rewarding about it, right? Like you're saying, like kind of this ability to detach. Um, but my question would be, is that, be- is, is the detachment or not being able to lose anything? Is that better? Do you think that just because, just because something that doesn't allow pain, I think that there's something to be learned from pain as well though.
1: Oh, for sure. Pain is a, Pain is a great teacher, you know. Uh, suffering is hmm, the best teacher. I, I love my suffering. I love all the, the horrible things that have ever happened to me. I've made peace with them. At the time, they were very difficult. It was very trying times in my life. You know, between jail and cancer and divorce and whatever, man. Right. It's, there's been some trying times, but uh, you grow from them. That's that's where you that's where you grow, man. You know, you you grow with when you fall into the suffering. You have to. You have to be uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. That's the important thing is really settle into that uncomfortability. Because the uncomfortable thing, if you don't want to do something, if you feel uncomfortable about doing something, it's probably the exact thing you need to do just to traverse that fear. Just by taking that step, that horrendously uncomfortable step towards whatever it is, you're making such a huge leap in growth. Mm just by stepping out of your comfort zone because you have to show well, the one thing I've learned in life is just, do you, you have to just show up and participate? Mm-hmm. You, you know, you can't just hide in the shadows and wait for good things to happen to you. You have to go out into the world and do good things and good things will come to you. Right.
0: Yeah. I think that, uh, obviously there is something about, you know, obviously karma and, you know, getting back what you put out kind of a thing. And um, the thing that I'm fascinated with is uh, it does seem, and I'm sure most people know this, but when, you, when you're when you having a great day or you feel positive or you've got like a good outlook on things, things just seem to click, you know, things feel good. Is it, you know, so I question, is it is it your mental state that dictates the world around you or is it the world around you kind of is attracted to you at that point? Kind of like the law of attraction, but maybe there's a different mechanism behind that than what some people
1: might think. I think by living positively, you manifest good things to happen. Okay. I think, uh, and and one of the big things that I've learned is like to live uh, inside out and not outside in. Like really, like you can choose to be happy or unhappy, man. And I know that sounds kind of strange for some people. I know it's kind of a weird idea, but really it's ultimately a choice. You can be happy with I, I you know, I know people that are happy with absolutely nothing and I know people who have all the shit in the world and they're suicidal. Right. You know? It doesn't things don't make you happy. No, absolutely. You make yourself happy. So like people that look for that outside thing to make them happy, they're living outside in, you know what I'm saying? Right. And ultimately they're never gonna be happy because they're not happy with themselves. So you have to be happy with yourself inside out. Right. You know what I mean? So ultimately, yeah, you create I think you create your happiness, and you create the. I think you manifest the world around you. You know, it's people, places, and things, man. And like I said, put yourself in good positions with good people, and good things will happen.
0: Mm. Yeah, I've always been a proponent of that too—who you surround yourself with. And I'm not saying, you know, abandon a friend during a tough time or something like no, that. Obviously, but I think that if you have a good judgment of character and you know this friend's not going to let me get in the car and do this or that friend over there is, would never do something you know like you were surround yourself with people you trust people that would you know treat you like you're their own family or something like that i think right. that that's the way to go because i do think that when you look at like high school days or even college days you put yourself in positions with random people and people you don't know and you you're really taking risks with your life in that regard yeah. uh, to a certain extent and even getting in trouble with the law i know there's a lot of people i know mm-hmm. that were kind of straight laced but they ended up getting in the wrong car that night or whatever and their whole life gets flips upside you know flipped upside down
1: yeah and it's a it's a long road back up when that happens too But I mean, it's it's not just people either, you know, it's, it's things and ideas. Mm -hmm. Surround yourself with positive ideas and positive things. You know, if you, if you watch porn all the time, it's probably not going to work out very well for you. You know what I'm saying? Unless it's really positive. Yeah. I mean, it's gotta be like (laughs) the most life affirming porn ever, (laughs) but you get what I'm saying. Like, you know, you you become what you surround yourself with, whether, you know, it's, whether it's people, whether it's, uh, places, situations, substances, that you get absorbed into, you know, it's whatever just to keep positive things in your life and positive things will happen. Mm. Yeah. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Yeah. So,
0: um, is there anything else you want to get to here before we wrap it up? I think that,
1: uh, I think we pretty much hit all the bases, man.
0: Yeah, we did. And I, I do think people should definitely check out your show. Um, I listened to two of them, but I'm going to definitely listen to some more of them. I know you just sure. released one, what, a few days ago or a couple of days yeah. ago. Um, and uh, so people can check out your website, uh, com. I have the link down below the video. Um, is there anything else you want to plug?
1: No, that's p- pretty much all i got going on right now, man. Like I said, uh, just launched the website. Uh, I should have some like merch coming up pretty soon. I'm going to have some pretty neat t-shirts and stuff. Nice. So yeah, I like your logo i've got a couple different ones all right all right yeah yeah so i'm gonna have a couple different options up there and uh so i'm looking forward to that it should be pretty cool but uh yeah just uh check it out man if, if anyone likes it please uh rate and review it and share it and. I appreciate everybody for listening. I thank you for having me on, man.
0: Yeah, for sure. If you're listening to this and just please support him, check out his Apple, uh, you know, his Apple iTunes. one. leave him a nice five-star review. Um, And if you haven't done it for us, leave us one as well. Those are important. It helps, uh, you know, push things along. And uh, I think you have a lot to say and you've had a lot of life experiences. And I appreciate you coming on and sharing your story. And uh, we'll definitely have you on again in the future. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. And so yeah, everybody check out his website down below one more time. Uh, Also subscribe to our channel. Check out mindescapepodcast.com, patreon.com slash mindescapepodcast. For $2 a month, you'll get exclusive content. And um, also check out indrasweb.org. Please sign up. Uh, You'll get an alert once the app goes live. Um, we're just working on a few things behind the scenes and then once it get, goes live, you will get a, uh, alert and you can start going on there and, uh, chatting with people and sharing things. So, uh, but listen, we appreciate your time, Justin, and, uh, you have a nice
1: night. Absolutely. You too, man. Peace. Thanks.